Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast from Living Hope Lutheran Church. We're in downtown Las Vegas, and we are proud to be sharing the heart of Christ in the heart of the city. Our reading this week comes from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17, and John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. We're going to hear about good news for the messed up church. Thanks for listening. God bless you. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about good news today. We want to hear good news. We could use some good news. Today it's good news for the messed up church. A timely tale. As I was reading the news this week, I glanced at just just a few of the headlines in my Google News feed. Uh, Presbyterian Church in America leaves National Association of Evangelicals. Good news or bad news? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Can the church still enact justice when a pastor sues his accusers? Oh, that's, that's difficult. Uh, let's see. American church is closing faster than new ones can open. Mm, ominous. Been going on for quite a while. Wor- worshippers at a Baptist church in Nigeria were abducted during worship. Oh, and another Phoenix church sues the DEA over religious use of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is to help me out. It's, it's a, like a hallucinogenic a tea. Herbal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. These are just a few of the headlines. This is what people are saying about church, uh, and more, right? Uh, yikes. <laughs> Can that be a prayer? Yikes, Lord. But you know, there's that tendency, I think, when we read this this stuff, to go, well, at least we're not that messed up. But you already know what I'm going to say, right? <laughs> we are the church. Who's the church? We. we the church. That's right. We are the body of Christ in the world. So when somebody's out there talking about church, whether it's a Catholic church or a Lutheran church or a Southern Baptist church or a Pentecostal church or an Assemblies of God church, they're talking about all of us. Yeah, those crazy Christians, right? Oh, man, we feel that. I, that's like... All of my Facebook friends, yeah, all day long. I'm like, but hey, hey guys, remember me? Um, go out and, and love people and don't be a jerk. That's, that's gospel. That's good news, right? We could do that. We could learn that. We're working on it. But we are the body of Christ in the world. So whether it's political upheaval or abuse scandals or uh, financial misconduct or culture wars or whatever it is, we're a part of the whole thing. We're following that same Jesus. 
and we talk about it differently and we see things differently and we know we've got it figured out and they're wrong. Oh, wait. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Statistics tell us that faith, faith in God is not waning in America. That still four out of five people say they believe in God. But along with the shift in our society, the many, many shifts happening under our feet as we speak, it's been happening longer than I've been alive, by the way, comes this lack of investment in institutions that we have relied upon for decades to keep us together, that center us in community, that form us as a nation and a people. So much is changing. So if you've been a part of a church for more than a decade, you're probably tired of hearing about all this, right? This massive change that we have experienced continues to happen at an exponential rate. This week was no exception. So many have written about how the pandemic has only exposed what has been happening under the surface for so long and the decline in church attendance here and in almost every congregation in this country is just a symptom of what was already happening. We know that there's still good news for us. And even when we're pulling, being pulled apart and pulling each other away over small differences opinion, of opinion and massive disagreements on fundamental issues, we remain the church. Who is the church? We are, we are the church. So change happens, and what can we do? We must navigate it as the body of Christ in the world. But how do we do that? It's not easy all the time. <laughs> Friday morning, as I was driving to Bible study and I heard this no news of the overturning of Roe versus Wade by the US Supreme Court and I heard the rejoicing by those who had hoped for this for a long time, Lutherans, Catholics, people we know and love. Also, even more, I heard the anger and the, the fear of those who've had their human rights taken from them. And I heard pastors and bishops in our church offering prayers of support and solidarity, offering counsel and holding space for people to feel whatever they were feeling. And additional worries and outrage in the LGBTQIA community and anyone in need of contraception add to the anxiety and rage stirring in our world, in our neighborhoods this week. I talked to somebody last night and she said, I am livid. She said, I am livid. And she was performing music and, and like gathering with people. And this rage was just burning inside her. And we can say a lot of things, but my prayer remains, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Yikes. We are the church. And we have no other call on our lives but to trust in God, to love each other. And love looks like a lot of things. Love looks like walking with each other, creating space for conversation even when we disagree. Love looks like supporting those who have been marginalized and oppressed overnight. Loving each other will continue to look like advocacy and people standing up for what they believe in and seeking justice and paths to progress. It's a lot. And we can get angry. We can be livid when things change like this, when we see people being pushed aside and rights being taken away. Most humans resist change when it comes. When we're able and we dig in and we focus on the news we want to hear, 
We create our own echo chambers and we think, well, everybody agrees with me, right? Or we just choose to focus on the positive and we'll just stay in our lane. We're just, we're just not going to worry about all that stuff going on out, outside these walls. But we lament the losses we have felt too. And a few of you will remember when this building was bursting with kids. I've seen the photos. There were like 200 kids here. I'm talking about 50, 60 years ago, maybe. But they performed stage plays in Edwin's Hall and sang in children's choir and participated in camps and retreats and mission trips. It's a different world now. We look a little differently. We do things a little differently, but we're still doing it, right, Marissa? <laughs> still good stuff here. So some are excited about change. We call them early adopters. They're excited about what change may bring and they're look, looking forward to connecting in new ways and continuing to explore spirituality, maybe in the old ways, maybe in new ways, seeking out communities in which they can belong and share their gifts. And with new context comes new opportunities to create programs, to invite people in, to invite others to see what God is doing in the church, in their lives, in the world to gather for games and food and safety and community and build relationships in meaningful ways. And we're going to do some of that later today, so stick around. As we think about the church this week, we remember the Augsburg Confession that was written to the Holy Roman Emperor to bring unity to the church and to clarify the teachings of the Reformers. It was June 25th, 1530, exactly 492 years ago. And its authors defined the church as, come on Lutherans, close. I, you didn't memorize this? Come on. I know you didn't, but you should read it. The congregation of saints. The church is the congregation of saints in which the gospel is rightly taught and the sacraments are rightly administered, where we receive the word and the sacraments baptism and communion. That is the church. The rest of it can change. That's promising. That's good news. So the church is where we hear the promises of God given for us no matter what. No matter what is going on in the world, the promises of God are given, proclaimed, spoken to us. The word of God given to us in Jesus who lived and was crucified and was raised up for us to new life for us and for the world. It's where we learn what this means for us and we interpret it in our own context, for our own world, for our lives. It's where we remember those who've come before us, all the saints, and we rejoice for those new saints baptized and welcomed into the family, baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. And it's where we gather around this table and proclaim that new life given for us. And receive it, that forgiveness promised by our Lord in his body and blood. And we remember who we really are, loved and beloved of God and one another. There's this connection that happens when we gather around that table, right? Because we know it's not just our church doing this. Maybe some do it twice a month or once a month or four times a year. But all the church across the world is gathering around a table Sunday morning proclaiming Jesus crucified and risen. We're all the church. 
We are one body. And even when the body is ripping itself to shreds, we are the church. Some of you know this, but the ELCA was formed as a merger in 1988, officially, between the American Lutheran Church and the Lutheran Church in America. I know, it's groundbreaking. <laughs> but it really, it really is. And, and the ELCA now is in its 34th year and has lasted longer than either of those predecessor bodies. We're an old church. <laughs> the United Methodist Church, one of our full communion partners, uh, along with the, let's see if I can name them all, Presbyterian Church USA, the United Church in Christ, Reform? The Moravians, Reformed Church in America, an Episcopalian, yes, yep. There's one more. Is there one more? That's okay. We'll live with it. Uh, United Methodists, though, right now are, are being pulled apart, too, on the verge of splitting over, you guessed it, the issue of sexuality and same-sex marriage. Yeah. So we try to understand this stuff and, and, and what's going on in, in, with our cousins and our uh, our siblings in the faith, and it's a lot sometimes because we don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I tried to understand this week uh, the division happening between the Russian Orthodox Church, which is connected to the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, Moscow Patriarchate, see if you can follow this, and the Orthodox Church of Ukraine, not to mention the Serbian Orthodox Church and the Macedonian Orthodox Church, the Archdiocese of Ovrid. I was already lost after reading that. But I was reminded, like, wait, we are all the church. We're all sheep of the same flock, followers of Jesus, right? One's called to be salt and light in the world. But more often we seem like the latest train wreck reality show. So whether it's, it's politics in this nation, whether it's war across the world that's dividing church, not the first time this has happened, right? We hold on to what matters most. Because even when we're messed up, and it's worse than, you know, than, than a reality show, right? It's, it's people's lives at stake. It's not entertainment. At stake is the connection of people and the communities in which they live out their faith. And even more, the expression of devotion to the creator of all. So we have bad news and good news, right? The bad news is that the church is made up of people. <laughs> Sinful, broken, addicted selfish, hypocritical, mean, and scared people who think they have it all figured out, who won't learn anything new. But the good news is that the church is made up of people, hopeful, faithful, generous, grateful, creative, sensitive, caring people gathered around a table where God's word is proclaimed and given for healing, for peace, People in need of a loving and grace-filled Savior who brings us all back into relationship and sends us to be healers and light for a hurting world. We hear John's gospel today, which is good news for the church in need, that God came to live in the world with us even when the world did not know God. Same, same or want anything to do with this scrubby upstart Messiah from a little town called Bethlehem, God still gave us the only one who could heal what was truly broken in us and made the whole world brand new. 
And only one went into that deepest and darkest place we think of as hell and announced freedom to those who had died. And the Savior of the world beat back death itself and returned to breathe the life-giving spirit into the world, into each one of us. And gives us that same gift of forgiveness through our baptism and communes with us and the whole church across the world as we meet together at this table each week. So we are the church. We are the sheep. And we know the voice of our shepherd. We listen and we come to hear it as the word calls us. We belong to him and we belong to each other. Right? We belong to him. We belong to each other. You see what we did there? Yeah. No division can exist when Jesus shows up to be with us. And what Jesus gives us, no one can take away. It's forever. And all are welcome, all are healed, all receive the grace and life that has been given through the cross. It's good news for a messed up church that's made up of messed up people. And even when we are divided, we still belong to Christ. Even when we fail, we are redeemed. Even when we are scandalized or abandoned by people or utterly destroyed, we are made new again and again. We are the church. Who's the church? Who's the church? We We are the church. We are God's people. We are the ones who have been given gifts to be of use to the world around us. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Help us to be your church. Amen.